are talking through the books in the wisdom literature of the Hebrew Bible, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job. Today, we're going to dive into the book of Proverbs. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get more guidance. This book's for understanding proverbs and parables and riddles of the wise. This book claims that there's a powerful, mysterious force in the universe called chokmah. We translate that Hebrew word into wisdom. Wisdom is described as this universal principle according to which the whole universe is ordered and in which it coheres. Proverbs begins with nine chapters of speeches, encouraging us, the reader, to see chokmah. And then the rest of the book is the Proverbs themselves. It's hundreds and hundreds of these sayings that just take every topic in life you could possibly imagine and then running them through the grid of the law of chokmah that runs the universe. Learning about chokmah is not some intellectual exercise with an impersonal force. Yeah, wisdom is an attribute of God, but it's also something that we're going to see is accessible to humans. You can have wisdom too. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did on the book of Proverbs. Here we go. Okay, the book of Proverbs. It's one of the three books in the wisdom literature. Yeah, what we're going to frame all of these books as is addressing the question, what kind of world am I living in? And what does it mean to live well in, in God's world? These right. books all take for granted that, they're, that the God of Israel is the creator and God of the world. This would be a book that would make it to the New York Times bestseller list in nonfiction. It'd be like how to make friends and influence people yes. kind of book. But for religious people. But for religious people. There, there's good and evil, right and wrong. So how what does it mean to live well and live the good life here? Yeah. So what's interesting about the book of Proverbs is that chapters 1 to 9 begins with the, all these speeches. Not Proverbs, but speeches. There's a set of common themes that unite all these speeches. And the first is that wisdom is described as this universal principle according to which the whole universe is ordered and in which it coheres. The most famous example of this is in Proverbs chapter 8, where wisdom is something God uses to actually build and architect the whole universe. So it says in Proverbs 8 that the Lord acquired wisdom as the first of all that he did, and that he formed wisdom and then used wisdom to architect the watery depths and the mountains and the hills and how he marked out the heavens. It's all this architectural imagery of God making a big building. Hmm. But wisdom is the blueprint. It's really interesting. So hmm. it's as if there's lots of metaphors you could use. Think of a, a rug. So the weave and pattern of the fabric is woven in order with wisdom. Or the, there's uh, the, the universe and existence has a grain like wood and you can live with the grain or you can go against the grain. There's an order, a cause-effect pattern. So in the book of Proverbs, there is a set of laws, so to speak, for how life tends to work. 
And what's the what's the scripture that talks about it like a blueprint? Oh, uh, that's in Proverbs eight. It starts in verse twenty-two. But it's wisdom speaking mm-hmm. and saying, "The Lord acquired me and then started using me when He was architecting and building the universe." So wisdom is the the blueprint in this mm-hmm. metaphor. Mm-hmm. So when God was designing the universe. He would then go and he would look at wisdom and go, okay, that's how I'm going to do it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wisdom is an attribute of God, but it's also something that we're going to see is accessible to humans. You can have wisdom too. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, you're actually tapping into something outside of yourself that is the attribute of God himself and that's a principle woven into how the world It's the same attribute that gave the blueprints for the world. Correct. Yeah, it's actually it's actually it, there's an important difference, but it's very similar to the view of the force in the Star Wars universe. <laughs> that there's a force, mm-hmm. a set of cause and effect patterns and you can get in touch with them and and work along with them. You can mm-hmm. live along with the force, the light side Use the or force. you can but so the difference is that there's no dark side of the force, there's just foolishness. There's either using the force or not using the you, force. There's either using the force. There's or only getting... the light side uh, in <laughs> Proverbs. Okay. There's no dark side. Um, the dark side is just being a fool and living against the grain of the universe, in which case you'll get punished. So and that's the first thing is that it's an attribute of God. It's a principle according to which the world works and the universe is ordered. And then this gets... And it's called chokmah. Yeah. So the Hebrew word for wisdom is the word chokmah. Kind of have to clear your throat a little bit <laughs> in that second syllable. Yeah. So wisdom is a standard English translation. It has another nuance to it that we don't have in, in the English word wisdom, which we'll talk about in a second. But it's that's the basic idea of hokma. Yeah. It's the principle. Rather than calling it the force, because I keep thinking of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. We'll call let's just call it hokma. 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 But it's not just like a law of gravity or something. It's like the law of gravity in that you see it at work everywhere, but you can't see it. You don't see it itself. Yeah, but it's a. It's also a moral law. So every time you see somebody cheat and then get caught and pay the consequences, that's chokmah at work. Because hmm. chokmah says always have integrity. So it's not just impersonal. It's a, It's about decisions and moral behavior too. So that's it's a very different worldview than um, and, and just an atheistic worldview that you know there is no moral guiding, so you just kind of do what you need to do to survive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is saying actually when creation was ordered, there was some this moral fabric yeah. put into it. It's a moral universe. That's right. Um, the famous quote of Martin Luther King Jr. You know the the arc of history is long. And but it bends, it bends towards, justice. towards justice. That's the worldview of Proverbs. That uh, Yeah. Justice and... That justice will win. And goodness. Eventually. And peace. Yeah. And the people who recognize that will cooperate and make participate in justice themselves. So, yeah. Because within the fabric of creation mm-hmm. is... It was mm-hmm. built the mm-hmm. DNA of justice. Yeah. And so it's going to going to realize that. It's going to realize and reward integrity and honesty and generosity and justice. 
and not just in nature impersonally, but there's the law of how hu- of human nature and how humans operate that goodness will become its own reward over time. So, hokma, if you were to mm. characterize Proverbs as this wise teacher mm-hmm. and you got into her head, you would see that she was very acutely aware yeah. of hokma. She yeah. sees it everywhere. She sees it. It's and it's a it's a pattern to how the world works, not just gravity and the stars and atomic forces, right. but like relationships and yeah. everyday life decisions also work according to a pattern. And if you can figure that out, yeah. you can live. And that's a, why she's so longer. smart when you bring a dilemma to her and yeah. she's, she's so quick to be like, yeah. well, here's what's going on. Yeah. It's because she sees the underlying patterns yeah. and the underlying right. yeah. uh, way yeah. things work. Yeah. Yeah. She looks for patterns. In, in the cause and effect of people's decisions. And she believes in the patterns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they, and they prove and the, her out. They're p- part of how God wired the universe. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, Hokmah isn't just... Does n- she have a tattoo, a Hokmah tattoo? <laughs> in Hebrew, yeah. on her inner wrist. <laughs> yeah, right, on her forearm. Uh, therefore, so that's why Hokmah as skill... Not just knowledge, but skill is really important because it's not just that you know about the pattern, it's that you, you use, it. use it, and then you craft your life the same way a stonemason can chisel a statue out of a big boulder. So you take this raw material that is your life, and yeah. you can design it right by chiseling your life out according to the pattern of chokmah according to wisdom and justice and integrity and hard work and diligence and patience and so on not just goodness and morality it's also just street smarts also right? that's that's exactly right and so that gets into the second main nuance of chokmah in hebrew that we don't have in our english word wisdom wisdom is primarily a head knowledge it's something you know primarily intellectual reference in hebrew it's a active meaning because you can also say uh, so Solomon employs a bunch of artists like stone workers and woodworkers to work in the temple. And he hires them because they have chokmah. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't just it's mean... It's not that they're a bunch of philosophers. Or just... Yeah, they're not philosophers. Yeah. They're just like really skilled woodworkers. So it's applied knowledge. It's that you know your the raw materials you're working with and how they work. And you know how to make them beautiful. And yeah. design it well, so it's okay. a skill. So we've said so we've said a lot at this point, and I just want to make sure it's clear, because mm-hmm. in my head, for some reason, it's getting a little fuzzy. Mm. Hokma, mm-hmm. we translate it wisdom, and there's a moral component to it mm-hmm. because it 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 rewards justice mm-hmm. and integrity and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. So built into the fabric of the universe itself is this moral component, which is a part of Hokmah. Mm-hmm. God used it mm-hmm. when, as a blueprint when he designed the world. Another thing about Hokmah, though, is 
you were just describing mm. is just the ability, the applied mm. ability to take that wisdom mm -hmm. and then do something with it. That's right. So it's not just head knowledge, it's this very practical yes. skill. That's right. Which gets applied to all kinds of things. Like I'm not particularly financially savvy, you know, mm -hmm. myself. And so I probably could do a way better job at thinking long-term and saving or whatever. That's, is that a moral issue? Is that right or wrong? You know, well, maybe some people would say that it is. But it's just, I, I, some people lack chokhmah. Some people have chokhmah when it comes to skill with right. what they do with their so money over the long haul. So I'm, when I'm good at finance, yeah. I have chokhmah. Yes. When I'm good at making chairs out of wood, yes, totally. I have chokhmah. Yes. When I'm good at brewing yeah. beer... Yeah. In my basement. Yeah. I've got chokhmah. <laughs> yeah. But, and when you're good at having integrity and honesty with how you deal with your coworkers, that too is chokhmah. Now, what if I'm good at finances, but I do it in an unjust way? Yeah. Then you're an idiot. Then I don't have chokhmah. Then you don't have chokhmah. So, so, so you can't <laughs> separate the moral component no. from the practical skill. Correct. Yeah. That's correct. That's true. Yes. So a woodworker who makes these beautiful monuments, right, for Solomon, but yeah. he's just like a scam artist. Yeah, right. He wouldn't be considered having chokmah? Um Well, he has chokmah in his trade. But, but not in his personal life. He has, he has, uh, he's an evil with his life. An evil, a fool? Evil, yeah. Is that fool? Yeah, you transliterate it, E-V-I-L. Really? Yes. Wow. Evil. He's evil. Evil He's in Hebrew means fool. Evil. Yeah. yeah, correct. Yeah, so the moral components, like a layer that goes underneath all of So you can skills. have hokmah without morality as it pertains to things that mm -hmm. aren't in the bounds of mm -hmm. needing to be moral? Yeah, I, that's a good, yeah. So, yeah, and typically those are in the realm of relationships. So if it's in the realm of relationships, you need morality. If it affects people, yeah, okay. essentially. But doesn't everything affect people? I suppose it does. If I chop down a tree, is that immoral? If the tree falls in somebody's house and then I run away, that's immoral. Right. And if I chop down too many trees. Or you chop down a tree that's not yours. Yeah. Or, yeah. You... or you chop down too many trees so yeah. that the squirrels don't have a home anymore. Yeah. I, I... So you can do all these things in a way that yeah. doesn't actually have hokma. Yes. But you can still make a beautiful mm -hmm. yeah, end table with that tree. Yeah. And so you have hokma as it relates to the end table, but you didn't use hokma. <laughs> hmm. So I don't know. Am I being too? Yeah, I think here? you're. No, it's just it's your, you, the way that you like to drill down precision. Yeah. In clear categories, I think runs into difficulty, in this set of concepts. Yeah, because this is just a word that <laughs> they used, and language is messy sometimes. Language is messy. Yeah, that's right. So the concept. Well, and I mean, we're talking about the fear of the Lord. We don't have to talk about it yet. But this is where the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A lot of the Proverbs have nothing to do with being moral or not, right? <laughs> a lot of them are just like, here's a smart way to live. Here's another smart way to live. Um, uh, The moral component is dominant. But it is dominant. Yeah, that's why in the same chapter of Proverbs, the good guys are called the wise the righteous, the hardworking, and the bad guys are called the evil, the wicked, the unrighteous, the lazy, 
<laughs> okay. So these categories are overlapped with each other. Hmm. The moral and just the wise or stupid. And that's part of the worldview of Proverbs. That's true. That but is. when it comes to like certain business things that aren't, I mean, there's some lot of ethical stuff, mm-hmm. but then there's Proverbs that are just like, mm-hmm. here's how to handle, I don't know, I I don't have any examples. Yeah, that. yeah, no, uh, Proverbs 14.4, where there's no oxen, the manger is empty, but the strength of an ox produces abundant harvests. <laughs> so life's a lot more complicated if you don't own an ox. A lot harder. No, no. Where there's no oxen, the manger is empty. You don't have to scoop up poop. Oh, you don't have to po- I see. take out food the every single empty, day. Meaning you don't yeah, have to deal. You with know, it. it's a nice clean manger. You don't have to deal with the mess. Uh, no ox. But if you don't have an ox, you're not going to produce an abundant harvest. So that's just a proverb about if you want to be productive, you have to be willing to put in the labor. Isn't that great? That's really great. To do the things you want to do, you often, most often, have to do things that you don't want to do also, along mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And that's just the nature. And of, that has nothing to do with being a good person or yeah, being a bad person. Proverbs 14.4 is just saying anything... It's a life skill. Every, anything meaningful in life is going to have its upsides and its downsides. Yeah. And that's just... There you go. And it made it into... Yeah. Wow. Actually, but I love how it puts it. That's a, yeah, you don't have really an great. ox, your manger's nice and empty and clean. <laughs> but the strength of the ox produces abundant harvest. Yeah. You don't have employees, your <laughs> HR department <laughs> yeah, that's is right. really that's easy right. going. That's right. No office disputes, <laughs> no silos, people aren't. But you're doing all the work other, yourself. But you're doing all the work by yourself. So some of the proverbs are kind of um, uh, prescriptive, but that one that you just we just talked about with the ox and the manger mm-hmm. isn't prescriptive. No, it's actually, it's kind of like a, a little riddle. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you get to decide: do you want to do you want the dirty manger, mm-hmm. or do you want the or you want a clean manger, or do you want some help in the field? Mm-hmm. You can't have both. Mm-hmm. Like which which one do you want to choose? Yeah, there's actually the proverb the one liners that are in Proverbs ten through the end of the book, they uh, they have a whole wonderful creative diversity of forms. Um, so some of them are like, be like this, don't be like that. But a lot of them are like little riddles. Yeah, know? and I think what... So or a lot what, of them just say, here's how life is. The soothing tongue is a tree of life, but a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. It's, it's just saying people who speak kindly are like this. People who are, speak badly are like this. Yeah, but what's interesting is <clears throat> that proverb, yeah, isn't telling you how to speak. It's just kind of telling you how it is. But kind of embedded in that proverb, you get the idea that you should speak kindly. Yes. Oh, yeah. But, but the, it's, it's pointing out the pattern. But it's pointing out the pattern. People who speak kindly and gently, well, as a law by the chokhmah of the universe be a source of life to others. That's just the nature of relationships. So it's not prescriptive, but it, ha- it definitely is kind of hinting towards the yeah. pattern that you should follow. It's telling you what kind of world you're living in, yeah. a world where kind words are a source of life to others. What's really interesting about the ox and manger, though, mm. is arguably mm. you can go either way. Oh, I see. Or yeah. is it or oh, is it saying that, no, you, you need the no, ox, the, deal with the yeah, ox? Yeah, the value is in the abundant harvest. Yes, so, abundant okay. harvests are good for you and for others. Okay. 
So it isn't saying like, you know, sometimes you might just want a simple manger. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's interesting to me because I think about this sometimes yeah. when I'm like, how complicated do I want to make my life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is saying, well, you want an abundant harvest. I don't know. I want. I just want an adequate harvest. I just don't want to starve. Yes. Um, <laughs> this has nothing to do with the, but the Enneagram yeah. retreat that Jessica went on, the Type Five. Yeah. One of our highest values is the uncomplicated life. Yes, exactly. So I read that because I'm. Yeah, I'm a five. The I read that proverb. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna limit the amount of ox poop I'm gonna deal with in my life. That sounds great. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, so I read that proverb and I think like, well, that's smart. That's but it's getting at an underlying principle. Yeah, yeah. And that one does. Are, I don't know. Is it is it telling you no? Like the right thing to do is to have ox mm. and deal with the poop, deal with complications, so you could have a big harvest. Is that what that proverb is trying to tell us? I th- I think so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I if need you to get want over an my... abundant harvest, you have to deal. But what with if you don't want complications? Well, okay. Yes. No one back then was like, I don't want an abundant harvest. Well, exactly. This year. <laughs> that's exactly right. Because we can just go to the grocery store and get, <laughs> you know, milk and sausage anytime we yeah, want. But, right. Um, yeah. So for them, it's you. If you don't put up with life's complications, you don't eat. So you you want abundant harvest. Got it. Um, which means you're going to have to do some stuff you don't want to do. And that's pre- always to get, the case. To get the greatest, so the even, greatest goods in life. Yes. Always require. Dealing sacrifices with some and compromises situations. and dealing with difficult things. Dirty mangers. The things that are worth chasing after and, and mm-hmm. having in life are going to take a lot of work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all the Proverbs, even if they're not directly telling you what to do, they're pretty much telling you. They're trying to persuade they're you. They're trying to persuade you. There's yeah. a persuasive element to all the Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the opening paragraph of the book of Proverbs tells you, it's a little, it's like a publisher's blurb on the back of the book. It's Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. And then there's a little blurb. It says, it's for gaining chokhmah and instruction. It's for understanding the words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent or like shrewd behavior, Mm -hmm. for doing what is right and just as fair. This book's for giving prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get more guidance. This book's for understanding proverbs and parables and riddles of the wise. Mm. And there's actually in uh, chapter 30, there's a whole collection of four to six line riddles. Do you want to hear one? A yeah. riddle? Right. Yeah. Here's a riddle from chapter 30, uh, verses 15 and 16. There are three things that are never satisfied, four that never say enough, the grave, the barren womb, land which is never sated by water, and fire which Hmm. never says enough. That's it. That's the riddle. (laughs) Wow. So the riddle is to say there are four things that... That consume. That consume, but they're different. Like the grave is this inevitable thing. It consumes all humans. Yeah, yeah. we're all heading there. 
So, the, but the barren womb it's is like, the opposite of the grave. Yeah, it's the it's the beginning place of life, but that also does not produce. Yeah, and then there's land, land that, that has no water. Not like not all the rainwater in the so world it's like a womb will ever producing. make it productive, and then fire, which is like the grave more. Yeah, it's destroying interesting. Destroying everything. That's the riddle. Yeah. It's <laughs> so fascinating. Uh, there are three things that are too amazing for me. Four that I don't understand. The way of an eagle in the sky. The way of a snake on a rock. The way of the ship on the high seas. And the way of a man with a young woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Aren't these wonderful? You have to stop and think about them. I mean... So like an eagle crossing the sky. This is all about motion. Okay. Yeah. So eagle oh, okay. in the sky, it never flaps its wings. Yeah. How's how it doing that? How does it get out of there? Yeah. A snake on a rock? It's just, how does... Yeah, how's it slithering? How does it get there? Okay. A ship on the high seas? How does that little thing move across those huge waves? Okay. And then how on earth does a brute, stinky man... Get a woman? Ever find favor with the elegant... Beautiful woman. Is that what he's talking about? I think that's <laughs> like isn't it isn't it odd that that a woman would ever want to be with a man? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of what because the, the eagle. Anyway, there's an element of proverbs that's playful too. Yeah, of like using your mind to think about strange things in and life. And so that's and, useful for wisdom. In that it's just helping you understand the world more. Yeah. And think about it differently. Yeah, think about things differently to think about. There's always more complexity than I ever realized. There's always new things to ponder. There's more connections to things. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. vantage points that are going to help you understand things better, Mm -hmm. uh, make better decisions. Yeah. So those are like the riddles, but then there's just straight up... Mm -hmm. You know, don't do this. That's yeah. a foolish thing to do. Yeah, the vast majority. Don't lie to people. That's foolish. Tell the truth. That's great. That'll you'll uh, do well. But that's not how they do it. That's like the Ten Commandments. Proverbs are <laughs> saying. Well, they'll do it. Yeah, they'll have a. It'll be yeah, better. Yeah, they'll than just that. say an evil person ends up like this, but the wise person, they'll be like this. Yeah. So again, it's it's they are painting a picture of how the world works, and then you read the proverb and you go, oh, I want to be like the wise man not like the fool yeah so i'm gonna get to work and deal with ox poop and be diligent and not be lazy and tell yeah. the truth and so all these thing. riddles <clears throat> and proverbs and what else does he call them poems is in there mm. like mm-hmm. there's a list of things they all are taking hokma and and putting it into these Mm. sayings these mm-hmm. I- ideas wrapping mm-hmm. them up these memes and, <laughs> and giving them to you yeah yeah the the bulk of the book of proverbs it's hundreds and hundreds of these sayings that just take every topic in life you could possibly imagine and then running them through the grid of the law of chokhmah yeah. that runs the universe what, what was helpful for me is it's not about knowing every single proverb and making sure you're always checking off a list of proverbs as you're mm. going through life. Mm-hmm. As much as it is respecting Hokmah. And mm. Because I, I, we think about it this way. What makes this woman so wise, right? Mm-hmm. It's 
Yeah, she knows all these proverbs, mm. but what really makes her wise is she knows mm. she's always looking for hokma, and mm-hmm. she sees the hokma in the proverbs. Yeah, yeah. And she knows why that proverb yeah. is uh, yeah. a proverb because yeah. she knows the underlying hokma, and so she can apply it yep. to the right situation and know when yes. you need to use it. So it's not so much about like, hey, read all these proverbs and just like do them. That's right. It's about understand. And interact with the hokma underneath of it. Yeah, that's why there's a famous uh, pair of proverbs right next to each other that offer the exact opposite advice. Right. Um, that's really interesting. It's in chapter 26. So verse 4 of chapter 26 says, Don't answer a fool according to his folly, or you'll become just like him. Yeah. So yeah, that makes sense. There's some people who actually aren't Someone's looking. Someone's foolish enough. It's not worth getting in a conversation with Yeah. Them. They're not looking to learn. Up. They're not open-minded. Yeah, you're just going to get drawn into a, a, a angry stupid debate. debate. So don't even bring it up. But then the very next proverb is, "Answer a fool according to his folly, or else he'll become wise in his own eyes." <laughs> so it tells you to do the opposite thing: answer yeah. the fool, and t- like tell him that he's wrong, yeah. and that he shouldn't do or say that, or else he's going to go on thinking that that's an okay thing to do or say. So what do you do? Are you supposed to answer a fool according to his folly or not answer a fool according to his folly? One of my Hebrew professors, uh, Michael Fox, who actually wrote a majestic two-volume commentary on Proverbs in the Anchor Bible series. Mm. Um, I spent a whole semester, a whole year, reading the wisdom books with him in class. It was an absolute privilege. So he always liked this example for him, he developed a metaphor that the proverbs are like a pocket full of change. We don't really use change that much anymore. Yeah. Dimes and nickels and so on. But it's like a change. And uh, you just need to pull and apply each one depending on what the situation requires. Right. So and there's this underlying hokma that you need yeah. to understand. Yeah. So, so you got to know, also have hokma to know which proverb is relevant to what situation in life. Right. Because sometimes it might mean the exact opposite response. Because it's easy to go to Proverbs and say, this is how I should do it. I'm going to do it and just treat it as a rule book of yeah. sorts. Yeah. I just love when when we, when we talk about hokmah and we talk about understanding it and seeing it, it just gets me really excited versus like memorize all these Proverbs. Yes. And, which to me is like the life hack thing. It's like, okay, yeah. Yeah. like if I just do these things, my life will go better. And I don't Mm. know exactly why. Mm. And I just have to Mm. trust them and I'll check them off and I'll just Mm -hmm. apply them. Versus, no, these things are interesting because they all come from Mm Hokma. And this is something that the fabric of the universe was was blueprinted on. It's an attribute of God and you can actually Mm -hmm. interact with it. It requires you to become responsible and wise yourself Mm. to know what the right right course of action is in any given moment.
We've talked about Hukma, we've talked about Lady Wisdom, we've talked about how it's this force, and you need to interact with it to design yeah. a life yeah. that's good for yourself and for others, mm -hmm. like a craftsman. But, I, at that point, mm -hmm. just go, that sounds great. Like, let's go. <laughs> yeah, right. Let's do this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want a good life. I'm excited about this force. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about Hukma. I want to start looking for it. Like... I'm gonna start designing my life. I'm gonna start writing books about how to like live the good life with Hokma and like, <laughs> you know, I'm gonna yeah just jump in head first. But I need to be careful because I could actually get in trouble with this this eagerness for wisdom. Yeah, the Book of Proverbs is also aware of the fact that humans can become what they would call wise in their own eyes. Yeah, that we can somehow end up thinking we're using Hokma and think we're making the right decision, but actually we've deceived ourselves and we've become the fool. And this is where the moral component especially comes in. And this is where the concept of the fear of the Lord comes in. There's an opening line in Proverbs that says, actually the beginning of Hochmah is to fear the Lord. It's a very interesting line. Hmm. So the way... Chokmah, as described in Proverbs, isn't simply life hacking. It involves, it's being aware that when you're doing Chokmah, you are honoring and humbling yourself before, not a force, but a person, God, who has a vision of good and evil that might be inconvenient for me sometimes. <laughs> but Chokmah is to recognize I don't get determined good and evil for myself, I mm. need to fall in line with how the universe works, which is according right. to God's definition of good and evil. So the danger is when you're seeking after Hokmah aggressively, just idealistically, like, ah, I'm going to get it, is that it's human nature, it's a human condition to, if something is convenient for me, I'm going to figure out a way for it to feel like wisdom mm. or to be perceived as mm -hmm. wisdom. Mm -hmm. And I will fool myself. Yeah. Quite easily. Yeah. And not even realize I'm doing it. Mm -hmm. I could be chasing hard after wisdom. It could even start to like work out for me. And I'm like, look it, I'm being mm -hmm. wise. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden the curtain yes. pulls yeah. away yeah, and I realize yeah. that's not wisdom. It's not wisdom. And I'm getting all. smacked around. And so what's happened there is that you've violated the fear of the Lord, or as it says in chapter three, to fear the Lord is to shun evil. So something wise is to be a productive human yep. and accumulate resources so that you can take care of yourself and other people. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're a business owner and it's wise to make good business decisions, to increase profits so you can take care, pay a, a good salary, yeah. whatever, to your, to your employees. Yeah. And then you realize like, oh, you know, there's this tax loophole, and, uh, you know, if I just kind of work this angle, we can totally cut corners on all of this. Or if I lie about this. Or if I lie and kind of bend these numbers, right. nobody will ever know. Or I could accumulate more, and it's going to mm. hurt these people mm -hmm. indirectly, but or directly, Yeah. but yeah. But I'm supposed to be productive, so yeah. I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, so you can end up uh, it's one you, one fulfilling thing. one thing that you think is a good, but you end up compromising and doing evil in some other area to accomplish the good. And in Proverbs, that's foolishness hmm. because you're lacking integrity, you're acting without honesty, and so you've actually played the fool in your effort to become wise. So if someone came and said, I am wise, look at 
how well I'm doing in life mm-hmm. or look at these decisions, but I, I'm doing those things while compromising a mm-hmm. lot of morals, then <laughs> yeah, then Proverbs would say, no, actually, you're not being wise. You're a fool. You're a fool. And it's because you did not begin with fear, the of, the fear of the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a uh, classic example in like in the American work culture is just the culture of overwork. So you have high achieving people whose personal lives are a disaster. They've they've built a great company or they've really put the department into good order and but like they don't spend any time with their kids and they don't mm. you know. Mm-hmm. So they've actually they're they're acting foolishly mm. because they haven't achieve balance between work and life and relationships. So what's why you seem wise at work and then you go home and you realize that that person's a fool. And it's so easy to do that. It's so easy yeah. for anyone to miss, just completely miss. Mm-hmm. Like it's like we have this incredible ability to mm. when I say we, I mean me, everyone, mm. to well, justify things. Yeah. Yeah. It it, it comes like when when we elevate some some goal as the ultimate good, mm-hmm. and therefore other things can get compromised to accomplish that thing, it's kind of the biblical vision of idolatry. Yeah. <laughs> Once you make something an ultimate thing, then you'll be willing to dehumanize yourself and others in the effort to accomplish that. And you'll convince yourself it's not. You'll convince yourself that it's good and wise and noble. And this is connected then to this whole idea of the knowledge of good and evil. Yes, yeah. The fear of the Lord is to shun evil. Uh, Is, you know, according to... But to shun, but not just that, but to kind of relinquish your your Mm. definition of good and evil. Your definition, yeah, that's right, yeah. If we go back to the tree of knowledge of good and evil is this idea of God defines what's good and evil or do Mm -hmm. we define what's good and evil? Mm -hmm. And when we define good and evil, we will make evil things good. Mm -hmm. It just will happen. We aren't capable of holding that line and knowing how to do that. We'll deceive ourselves. We'll make make other idols more important and we'll cut Mm -hmm. corners. Yeah, sometimes yeah. purposefully, yes, and and oftentimes, yes, unconsciously. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's so that's the, the depiction of uh, like Pharaoh, you know, in the Exodus story, where it has become good to kill babies, right, of a immigrant people to group, protect his people, to protect his people, and so that's yeah, it's the human inclination to maximize pleasure and minimize pain for me and mine and. If that's at the expense of you and yours, but at least I've increased good for mm-hmm. me and mine, and that's... and it's not just one um, political part of the political spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, that's doing this, and it's not just one, you know, type of personality that's doing this. It's like we all do this in mm-hmm. different ways. That's right. Yeah. And so, in order to truly be wise and not screw it up, I have to respect and fear. That at the end of the day, God's perspective is what I am looking for mm-hmm. and want to uphold. Mm-hmm. And that's fear of the Lord. Yeah. Oh, one of the most well-known lines from the earlier chapters of Proverbs are from the father to the son saying, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, 
Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. Mm. So the whole thing is you're going to have a way that seems right to you. There'll be decisions that make sense to you, but you should just always be suspicious of your motives. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. And always check yourself against what God has told us is right and wrong. Now, God hasn't given us instructions about everything. This is a lot that's of correct. lot yeah. of ambiguity yeah. in life. Yeah. So this is another chokhmah thing. If you have internalized what the fear of the Lord is in the very clear scenarios, that gives begins to give you a true north in others. And that suspicion, there's a great proverb, 16.2, all a person's ways seem pure to themselves, but motives are weighed by the Lord. Such mm. a good one. So it's just by nature, we're like, yes, surely yeah. I'm, I'm making the right decision and right. for the right reasons. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, div- there's a skill to be developed in discerning, being suspicious of myself and turning to uh, the wisdom of others to, to, to know what the right way forward is. So the, yeah, the fear of the Lord is uh, what I call the moral logic of chokhmah. It's recognizing there might be all kinds of skilled choices that I could make. But if they are violating my moral compass, then they, they become stupid and foolish. changed real estate they're in real estate so they changed companies mm-hmm. um because like dishonesty in Was how they it. yeah how they like posted listings of houses and the information given about houses like mm. the basic practice was always to just misrepresent mm. the reality of the property <laughs> <laughs> and she was just so she just couldn't take it anymore yeah and so she she switched companies to at least a company where that was and that's fear, tolerated of, the, that's fear of the Lord. Yeah, I have a, that's the fear of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, that was a wise decision. Even though the company she left was ext- extremely profitable, but she just her conscience couldn't hang with it. So the Book of Proverbs would say that's the why. Even if it involved a pay cut, that would that was still the wise decision. Mm. The Book of Proverbs <laughs> would go as far to say, and you will prosper for that. The Book of Proverbs will go on to say, <laughs> <laughs> uh, allow me to quote. <laughs> My son, don't Proverbs 3, don't forget my teaching. Keep my wisdom in your heart. They will prolong your life many years, bring you peace and prosperity. Later on, don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil like my friend did. This will bring health to your body mm-hmm. and nourishment to your bones. Yeah, who needs vitamin D? Just, just like <laughs> fear the Lord and shun have, evil. You're going to have a lot of resources. <laughs> you're going to have a very healthy body. Yeah. You're going to live a long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's, we should uh, take, and that's it's really and saying that's that's core to the book of Proverbs. Yeah. is that wise choices over the long haul yes. will produce a good life. You'll acquire financial resources. Yes, and healthy, wealthy, and wise. Yeah, healthy, wealthy, and wise. <laughs> really, I mean, it's just you. Yeah, just if read you go, anywhere in the book, if of you Proverbs. go with the grain of the universe, yeah, 
you're going to end up in a good spot. Mm-hmm. We talked about this because obviously, you know, we could step out of this for a second and say, well, not always like Job or Ecclesiastes, right? Sure. But let's stay in it for a second. Yeah. The person who works really hard and earns a reputation for honesty and integrity will more likely produce resources by those decades of hard work. Yeah. Than the person who skims and cheats their way. Yeah. Into wealth. Yeah. I'm not an old man, but my hunch is that that's how things tend to work. Mm-hmm. Or at least they ought to work. There is definitely a feeling that it ought to work that way. Yes. Like we celebrate mm-hmm. when things turn out that way. That's right. And but Proverbs doesn't just say it ought to work that way. It, it says it will. It kind of it says this is how things will work out. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's why for us the character is kind of a young idealistic mm-hmm. person because mm-hmm. because when you're young. You realize this is how it should work. Yes. I'm going to go fix yeah. things yeah. because I know in the fabric of the universe, yep. like this is how it's supposed And to you happen. can pay attention and point to people and aunt- stories and relatives or whoever mm-hmm. that that's how it worked for them. Yeah. They worked hard. They produced wealth. They were able to. Now, another way <laughs> to think about this is just odds, right? Like. Yeah. M- more likely than not, yes, sure. this will work out for you. So if you do these things over the long haul over and over, mm-hmm. it'll work out for you. Mm-hmm. You're playing the odds. Mm-hmm. You're playing the statistics. <laughs> you're, in, you're in for the long game. In the short run, mm-hmm. you know, who knows what'll happen. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, mm-hmm. you do it enough, this is going to be yeah. success. And this is uh, yeah, p- part of my... Shorthand way of talking about this is just to say this is, after all, the book of Proverbs, not the book of promises. Um, (laughs) But it says it's a promise. But they are framed as very strong claims. They are. Healthier bones. Yes. But by nature, a proverb is accumulated wisdom about how life tends to go. Yeah. So I'm not trying to water down the, the powerful persuasiveness of this yeah i think we need to end with this real excitement for the persuasiveness yeah, of it yeah it's like you just discovered a, a secret key yeah <laughs> something. right whoa hokma yeah because it wow. is true hokma mm-hmm. exists mm-hmm. and it will make your life rad mm-hmm. when you design your life with it mm-hmm. and then we could stop there and we could celebrate yep and and yeah. actually benefit a lot. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the story yeah, the ends wi- when it comes to our journey with wisdom. That's right. Yeah, the wisdom literature doesn't only say that. Um, two other voices speak up. Uh, Ecclesiastes speaks up and he'll say, excuse me, Proverbs. <laughs> um, it does sometimes work like that. But can I point out exhibit A, B, C, D, F, mm-hmm. G, uh, where it, just the opposite. Right. Down. And then Job says, yeah, actually, that was me. That happened to me. (laughs) Didn't work out for me. And here's what I've learned from that. So it's by hearing all three of these voices that we truly become wise. It's the surprising uh, message of the wisdom books of the Bible. They're just, there's nothing else like them. They're remarkable. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bible Project Podcast. I'm John Collins. 
And that was a conversation with Tim Mackey on the Book of Proverbs. We're co-founders of The Bible Project. We create a lot of free videos and put them up on YouTube for people to watch so that you can learn the, the big picture of Scripture and see how it's a unified story that leads to Jesus and has profound wisdom for this modern world. You can watch all the videos for free. They're on YouTube, youtube.com slash the Bible Project. You can also download the videos off of our website for free and use them in your church at home, in school. They're used all over the world for a lot of things. We're so glad that you're a part of this, listening to these podcasts. If you enjoy them, you can share them with others, put a review on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Join Bible Proj, and say hi to us on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Bible Project. Next time, we will jump into the book of Ecclesiastes. It's going to be heavy. Thanks for being a part of this with us. Time to go.